Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. Today, we have a special guest. We have Katie from kblives.com, and Katie has a self-care blog and website, and she is here to talk to us today about health savings accounts. Katie? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, My blog focuses on helping women work on making their finances healthy, their life healthy, um, through just organization and self-care, meal planning and healthy meals. Through my experiences in life, I've learned that if my lifestyle's not healthy, I'm not a healthy person, my finances aren't healthy, and I just, I found a whole lot of tips and tricks and things to help other women with that. And so I just want all of us to be healthy and happy. And that includes finances. So um, that's kind of the basis behind my blog. Um, And I'd love for you guys to check it out. The website's just kblives.com. And it's K-A-Y-B-E-E lives.com. Yes. And And what you said is so true that it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Like if we we're dropping one ball, other things start to crumble and it, it's hard to keep it all up there. And we need to look to each other for support Absolutely. and to resources for, to support. And I love that you said meal planning, because that's a huge struggle I have. So that's when my grocery bill goes <laughs> sky high because I'm like, oh, I don't really have time to figure it out this week. So I'm just going to go to the store. And then now my budget's off because I spent way too much on groceries. Mm-hmm. I overspend and then I bought too much and then I'm throwing half of it away. So it's like a double whammy. Yes. So, yep. And so I've had some tricks with, um, especially in my world, I cook for one person. I'm single. I don't have that husband or male that I can feed all that extra food to before it goes to waste. It's all just on me and there's only so much I can eat. So um, using some simple things like my freezer and an air fryer um, that can make eating at home just as easy as picking up some takeout, even though that the takeout costs more. Yes. And I, and you have recipes on your website as well. I do. Yes. So some air fryer recipes and also what I call go-to meals, which are um, meals that are kind of based on foods that I always have on hand, which means it saves me from spending too much money on um, takeout because I can make it at the end of the day when I'm exhausted and still have, you know, two or three healthy meals of real food, healthy and good to go for just a couple of dollars. So it doesn't have to be fancy or expensive, just simple. So you're here, you're going to share with us health savings accounts. When I read your blog, many of the things I believed about a health savings account were inaccurate. Okay. Because I thought the cutoff was 30. Oh, okay. Which is not apparently true. It is not true. Nope. So let's, Um, let's start from the beginning. Okay. Why don't you tell us what a health savings account is in case people really don't know? 
Yeah, so the basics of a health savings account is um, it is a essentially a separate savings account that you have access to as long as you are on what's called a health savings account eligible insurance plan. So there's no age restriction. Um, there's no, um, like it doesn't have to be provided by your employer or, or anything like that. The key is that your health insurance plan has to say somewhere either in the title of the plan or in the details of it, that it is an HSA eligible plan. So I took a minute and looked, um, I'm in the state of Washington. And so I just checked out our state marketplace for um, health insurance plans. And right now there's two that are HSA eligible. And so they have one that's called a LifeWise Essential Bronze Plan. And then they have a separate one that's called a LifeWise Essential Bronze HSA Plan. So if you were to enroll in the first one, you couldn't have an HSA account. But if you enroll in the second one that says HSA eligible, then that's the trigger that, hey, I can open up an HSA plan. So you'd wanna check with your employer for open enrollment and see if they have other options for you to sign up for, or when you're purchasing your plan, specifically look for an HSA eligible plan in order to have one of these. And what is an HSA used for? An HSA is used for um, medical expenses. There's a giant list on the IRS website if anyone wants some light reading before bed that will put them to sleep. <laughs> um, and there's some, there's some unique rules about it. So if you have something that's not cut and dry medical, you might want to check it out. But essentially, it's any sort of um, doctor care, prescription, a lot of over-the-counter medical expenses, Band-Aids, Tylenol, Advil, things like that, those can also be paid with HSA money. There's usually two ways that you can pay out of your HSA account. One would be that you go to the store, you pay with your own personal credit card, and then you go to your HSA account online and reimburse yourself. But some HSAs now have their own debit card. And so it would be a matter of going to the store or the doctor's office or your copay or prescription and just choosing to pay with that debit card for those expenses. So you could get an HSA through your employer. You can. And then what's the other way? The other way you can sign up for one as an individual, as long as you are covered under an HSA. So there's several different common investment companies that offer them. Fidelity is a big one that has an HSA. Another popular one I've heard people like, I think it's HSA Bank, that they have low fees and are really you know, user-friendly and easy to use. But as long as you're covered with that HSA eligible plan, even if your employer doesn't offer the HSA account as a benefit, which some don't, you can still use that HSA benefit to open up your own account yourself, and you would just have to fund that yourself as opposed to using an employer payroll deduction. I find that interesting that investment companies have that, or it's not health insurance, but that it's kind of related to health insurance. It so kind of is. Why, why an investment company? Well, it's in some ways, it's an easy way for them to make money. So Fidelity came 
has this HSA offering and they can go around to some of the big employers like a Microsoft or Google or something and say, look, connect all your HSA employees with us. Um, and that's essentially guaranteed money for Fidelity. But with the HSA account, most of them offer two options. One is a cash option. So just like a savings account. The other is that most of them allow you to invest your money from the HSA into something like an index fund or a mutual fund that allows you to get some growth on that money if you're not going to need it in the near future. So that's where a company like Fidelity, it lines up with them perfectly because they can then have people invest in their Fidelity index funds and mutual funds and things like that. One thing I really like about it is it's your account. Even though your employer can put money into it for you, you own it, you control it, you'll have an online access to pretty much all of them. And so you can choose what to, whether you want to hold in cash or whether you want to invest, um, you can control what comes in and comes out. Like you have control over this account. It's not, it doesn't belong to your employer. So I know that if you, if your employer offers it and you go that route, mm -hmm. the funds are pulled out before taxes. So it's pre-tax money. Does that apply also with an investment company? It does. Um, the If you're doing it through your employer, um, it's pre-tax money and that calculation will happen on your W-2, essentially, um, through the amounts that are shown in the box one, box three, and box five amounts. Um, so the wage amounts on your W-2, that HSA money is already subtracted out of there. So it makes your tax return a little simpler. Um, if you're investing or you're opening an HSA yourself and contributing it to by yourself, then there's a line on your tax return on the 1040 in the subtractions area that asks for your HSA contribution. And so for myself, I actually just did my taxes and I contributed $2,700 this year to my HSA. And so that is a, um, it takes my income, it subtracts $2,700 to get to my taxable income. So that money is coming out of what I'm being taxed on. I guess another, or one of the benefits, I guess, with going with an investment company would be if you change employers and it if you're would. between health coverage and something happened, you would have that money there to help get you through that gap. Yes. Um, I would say if your employer contributes for you, that contribution is not only income tax free, it's also social security and Medicare tax free. And so if you get a contribution through your employer into a certain account, I would recommend taking that over doing it yourself um, because you do get an extra, it's like 7.65% um, ta less tax that you have to pay um, because you're not paying that social security and Medicare tax. And there's no way on the income tax form to uh, make an adjustment for that because income taxes are different than the social security and Medicare taxes. So if you have it through your employer and you, you leave that employer, what happens to your money? That account still belongs to you. So you can, you still have access to it. Um, if you change employers and you change health plans to a non-HSA plan, then 
you can't contribute to that HSA anymore. However, any money that's in there is still yours and can still be spent just like normal on any medical expenses. So when you leave your employer, you can choose to keep the account and just use up what's in there. Or um, if you are planning to keep that account for a while, you can roll it over into your own account, similar to a retirement, like a 401k, you roll it over into an IRA when you leave. Um, you can do that same process, but that account belongs to you the entire time. So what if I don't ever have enough medical expenses? The best part about an HSA is you can keep the money in there. There's no limit to or rule that says you have to spend it all in the current year or in any period. So you, if you put in, let's see, the max this year is $3,650 for a single person. So let's say you put in that full amount and you only spend $200 on a prescription this year. Um, the rest of that, the $3,400 is still in that account and you can spend it on medical expenses the following year, the year after that, six decades down the road, um, as long as you have that account open, you can continue to use that for medical expenses. And what happens if I die? <laughs> you can, somebody else can inherit it. Your daughter, Noelle, congratulations. You now have an inherited HSA. <laughs> um, so even though that money will now won't be spent on your medical expenses, it's not going to be lost. It's still, you can designate it in your will or many of these accounts have a beneficiary option that you can fill in online that designates who you want it to go to. Um, you might give them a heads up because that's kind of an odd thing um, to, for your child, especially if it's a younger child to be like, uh, I now have an HSA. But um, do they have to use it for health only? I believe they do. I think it would then transfer to them and they could use it for any and all medical expenses that they have. But so, you have to have an HSA eligible health so insurance. In order to contribute to an HSA, you have to have an HSA eligible health plan. In order to spend an HSA, you can spend it at any time under any health plan or not insured at all. It's only making the contributions that you have to have the HSA eligible insurance plan. So spending is basically a free-for-all. You can do that whenever you want. So what makes a health insurance plan HSA eligible? There's some specific rules that are a little bit complicated. Essentially, they say it's supposed to be high deductible but compared to other plans, it's not really that high deductible these days. Um, the key is looking in the title or in the information about the plan for it to say that it's HSA eligible. That's your trigger. Um, it's gonna, the name of the plan will probably say something like I said earlier, the LifeWise Bronze HSA eligible. And usually kind of in the plan information that where it talks about your deductible and your copay and things like that, it'll also explicitly state that in there. So high deductible, but kind, kind of. of. Kind of, yes. <laughs> that's, that's not the only thing. And there's some other kind of behind the scenes things that goes on with that. But for a consumer or just a you know normal person, 
what you can rely on is um, having HSA eligible in the title or in the, the plan information. So when we say HSA, health mm -hmm. savings account, this is completely different from an FSA, a flexible Correct. spending account, although both can be used for medical expenses. Correct. So yes. what are the differences? The main difference is that an FSA, you have to use it up every single year. So if you put in $1,000 this year, then you have to spend $1,000 and bring that down to zero by a certain day after the year ends. An HSA, you can contribute up to the yearly limit and then spend up to whatever you have in the account, or you can spend none of it and you won't lose that money. In the FSA, if you leave money in the account after your cutoff date, then it just disappears. It, I think it goes back to your employer, um, but it's not yours anymore. So no, it was you, your money that went into even, it. Yes, absolutely. So that's where you hear about people like panic buying Tylenol um, at the store <laughs> the day before their FSA spending cuts off. Um, but with the HSA, it can accumulate and it can grow. And so because you can put in as much as, you know, up to the limit at $3,650 for singles this year, and it's $7,300 for family coverage um, for 2022, if you don't use it up, you can just leave it in that account and it will either grow through being a savings account, you know, getting tiny fraction of a percentage of interest, or if you have enough in that account that you're comfortable investing in it, that's where the investment piece comes in. But by the time you've had an HSA plan for, let's say, five years, and if you contribute the max as a single person, you probably have put in about $15,000 over that period of time. And maybe you spent it on medical care, and that's totally fine. But I know myself as a healthier young person in my 20s, yeah. when I first had access to an HSA, I was only spending a few hundred dollars a year on medical expenses. And so that account just started growing. And one day I looked at it and I was like, oh, I have $10,000 in here. Now what? <laughs> so um, if you're, especially if your employer offers it and you're able to be enrolled in it for several years consecutively, that can become a significant amount of money for you um, as you're just tucking away a few hundred dollars a month um, through your paycheck. So can you ever just pull the money out? You can. Um, there is a penalty. I believe it's 10% if you pull the money out and spend it on non-medical expenses. But it is, um, that is a possibility if you do really need it. Mm -hmm. Does it get taxed at that time as well? Yes, like it would be reported yep, on your tax return and then also subject to a 10% penalty as well. But if so you, you use it for medical things, it is not taxed. So that money Correct. is never taxed. Nope, it is not ta taxed. And an extra bonus is any of the growth. So that interest that you earn on the savings portion or if you invest it and it grows you know, with the stock market, none of that growth is taxed as long as you spend it on medical expenses. So that's a really kind of a good option for later in life if you need long-term care because long-term care insurance isn't super popular right now. And, <laughs> but 
they're pushing it, you know, they're getting the information out there more and more. And when you get to be my age, you you start thinking about your parents may need that and there's no insurance to take care of that. And what is that going to cost? Mm-hmm. So if I, so say I did have an HSA that I've had for years and then my mom needs to go into long-term care, can I use my HSA money to care for her? You can't. So like you can use your HSA money to pay for your children's care or your husband's care, but I don't believe that it goes up for family above you on that, the family tree, essentially. So I can save it to take care of me. So my kids don't have to worry about it. Yes. Maybe if they were like a dependent. Possibly that might change it. Yeah. If you were providing support for them and able to claim them as a dependent, Mm -hmm. it might change that. But one of the really cool things about this, especially with that investment option that I talked about is for your own personal long-term care, down the road or your daughter's long-term care down the road, if she were to have access to an HSA in her 20s and contribute to it, you know, roughly $3,600 a year, um, and she lets that grow, you know, without, without taking out significant amounts of it, just basically leaving it in or using a few hundred dollars here and there, she lets that grow until she's 55 putting in $3,600 every year invested in the stock market. Um, By the time she's 55, that account will be worth $512,000. That's half a million dollars. And so to me, that's a really comforting number that I go into my um, aging years where medical costs are gonna go up or I may have to go into an assisted living facility. that I have, you know, $500,000 to take care of myself as Mm -hmm. I age. And also knowing that like with one of the downsides of long-term care insurance is that you may not need it. So you're paying these premiums for insurance for care that you may not need, which then just kind of ends up being a bit of a waste. Mm -hmm. But with an HSA, if I end up being especially healthy or I die soon after I turn 55 in this example, then I can just pass that half a million dollars on to my beneficiary who can then use it for medical care for probably their entire life at that point. So Um, it's kind of like being self-insured. It is. It's very much a self-insured option. um, If you have access to an HSA, Um, it would be a, a separate investment from your 401k or your IRA. Um, but it would definitely be a very useful pot of money to have because health insurance costs are not going to go down. I can guarantee that. Um, but to have that in the future, for me, it just seems like a very peace of mind kind of option that, okay, I have this, the very least I can keep myself healthy as I age. So now my mind's gone because mm-hmm. you're you're all like when you're looking at your options for healthcare at your new employer, you're looking for like the least expensive, the lowest deductible, the least monthly payment. Usually it's the least monthly payment Mm -hmm. we kind of look at, or if you have medical problems, I guess you're looking at the lower deductible maybe, Mm -hmm. or just overall the least expensive. But now I'm going, well, maybe I do want to get something with a higher deductible and use the money that I'm not spending on my monthly payment 
and put that into an HSA to help myself long-term. Did that make sense? It does. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the balance of a decision um, to look at as you're thinking about health insurance, because um, often employers, well, HSA plans tend to be less expensive for the premium. And so often employers will make an extra contribution to your HSA. I know the place I worked at when I first got out of college, they contributed $600 a year, 50 bucks a month to my HSA for me. And that was basically, I mean, that's free money. So it's kind of a big moving pieces picture of what's your comfort level. Mm-hmm. You know, what benefits do you get from an HSA knowing that there is a touch more risk because your deductible might be slightly higher, especially for younger people when they're young and healthy, they're never going to hit their deductible, even on the the better plan. And so an HSA may make sense for them because they can stash this money away and just kind of let it grow until they're either older and have more medical expenses, or maybe they get pregnant or they want LASIK surgery down the road. I had a friend that um, started an HSA and put two years of um, contributions in there because he wanted LASIK in five years. And so he let it grow for a little bit and then use that money to pay for LASIK. But if you don't have an HSA eligible health plan, you cannot do it even Correct. with an investor. Correct. Okay, so yeah. this, this is a lot of making sure you're looking when you get that new job or when it's open season, really digging into the options they give you and really running those numbers. Absolutely. And making sure that if you're renewing your plan or you've been at your employer for a few years, not just assuming that what you're on is the best choice, but asking them or making sure that they give you, you know, all the plan options, because most places usually offer two or three choices to see. Another piece is a lot of people aren't, they don't really know much about HSAs or the benefits to them. So whoever makes the decision and picks the insurance plan in your company the HSA may just have gone right over their head and they just might not know that it's something that would be beneficial to especially their younger employees. So if your company doesn't offer one, then talk to your HR person and see if that's something that they can add because it's not any more expensive than any other option and it would give their employees a wide, like a wider choice that could potentially help them out. So that's definitely a place for you to advocate for yourself and your benefits. So what would you say are the top three benefits for an HSA? I think the top three benefits are the opportunity for it to save you money on taxes. The second one is being able to strategically use it the best way for you. The other thing, I think the biggest thing for me is peace of mind. We, some friends and I were talking a couple of years ago and well, what happens if we get hit by a bus? And so after thinking through it and going home and thinking about it, I think of my HSA as my hit by a bus fund that I keep um, several thousand dollars in cash, enough that I can cover two years worth of deductibles just in case I get hit by a bus or I'm diagnosed with cancer or some sort of you know, catastrophic medical thing happens that I can 
without thinking about it and how to pay for it, I have that money sitting right there waiting for me in case of that emergency. And then I have a few thousand dollars more that's invested that can grow um, and do its thing for down the road, whether I need it or not. But knowing that I have money, like if I end up in the hospital or am incapacitated, like I don't have to worry about how am I gonna pay for all of that because that's complicated. I have enough to cover my deductible and my out-of-pocket costs for this year and next year. And by then I will figure it out um, through some other options. So that peace of mind has just been really important to me the last few years as I do start to get a little bit older in my thirties. So what should we watch out for in an HSA? I think the main thing to watch out for would be um, making sure that you're you do have an idea of what your healthcare does cost you. Um, if you have a long-term chronic condition that requires many doctor visits and significant prescriptions each month, um, then an HSA may not be the best option for you. Something that has as low of a deductible as possible would probably be the best choice as far as your out-of-pocket costs. You don't have to pay a ton of attention to your health insurance plan, but give it a little bit of thought once or twice a year and ask yourself, is this the best choice for me? Or should I you know, consider making a change the next time open enrollment comes around? If there's some intricacies and comfort level that only you know, you know what you're comfortable with, but definitely kind of do your own research. There's quite a few blogs out there that talk about the benefits of HSAs um, and being able to use them strategically. Wonderful. I learned a lot because I, I always just thought you had to be under 30, but that is totally not true. It yeah. sounds like. So it's I'm not. Sure. Um, it's kind of been thought of as a young person's insurance, just because it's generally beneficial for people who are young and healthy. My parents are old and healthy and have, and they used an HSA for a few years in their fifties between when they retired and um, got on Medicare, I think it was. So it's available for anybody. Once you are on Medicare, you can't contribute anymore, but you can still spend down what's in your balance or what's in your account, the balance you have, because Medicare is not an HSA eligible plan, unfortunately. But yeah, it's definitely an option that can be really useful for people, especially in the 20s as they're starting out, but so many of your audience is in that position right now. Yeah, this was awesome information. I feel like now I can definitely explain it better. Good. And now I know that you don't have to be under 30, but I also know I don't qualify for it because we don't have that kind of medical plan, but mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't used to see the benefit in it, but now that you've explained it now, I'm kind of like, dang, I want one, <laughs> I can't I have one. but this sounds like a, definitely something that somebody should think about when they're picking their health plan. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. I had, I had no idea that it was so kind of flexible. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that you could use it to invest, yes. to earn more. I just thought it was like a regular account that never even earned any interest. Mm-hmm. When I think that's just a huge safety net, especially in, in the environment we live in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if somebody did have to be hospitalized, but it would have definitely came in handy to help ease some of that initial pain mm-hmm. until you could figure it out. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this earlier, but it wasn't very explicit. Um, you do, 
that HSA eligible health plan that you are enrolled in in order to contribute to these accounts, that health insurance plan still operates exactly like a regular health insurance plan. So it's going to negotiate discounts or preferred rates based on your provider. It's going to have the normal co-pays. And even though you have this HSA, you are still protected by your health plan. You're not uninsured. This has been fantastic. Like I, I'm, I'm so happy that you agreed to come on. When I read your blog, I was like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I really think that, that our listeners could, could definitely benefit because they're probably, I, I remember being young and, mm-hmm. and honestly just picking the cheapest plan because I, I'm healthy and I, I don't go to the doctor. Now I appreciate your time today. Oh, actually another thing I didn't mention, um, you can use your HSA money to pay for dental care and vision care. So even if your company doesn't offer dental insurance or vision insurance, if you have an HSA, you can withdraw money to pay for glasses or an eye exam or your cleanings or fillings or anything like that. That all counts as medical. Wow. So I'm impressed. I'm like, well, I totally missed the boat on this, but I don't think they, these have not been around that long. They weren't, they they weren't around. I, actually, I looked that up. Yeah. In preparation for this, I looked it up because I knew they hadn't been around too long, but they were, um, were enacted in 2003 is when they started. No, I think and, this is definitely something to look at. If you're a young person, mm-hmm. read, don't just pick, mm-hmm. look at the differences and, and run the numbers. And if you, don't know what numbers to run, reach out to somebody for help. Go to your HR yes. and have them help you. Mm-hmm. And often there is a, a liaison between the insurance company that's providing the plan and your HR person, kind of like kind of like a salesperson, but not really. But he usually, they usually really know um, the ins and outs of some of those plans and they might be a good person to talk to as you're doing crunching the numbers and thinking about what may be covered or not covered under a plan and the cost for you. Awesome. So Katie, you have been full of wonderful information today. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you coming. I love your website. It's so pretty. And just looking at it is like calming because the colors and the pretty pictures you have, and I'm going to check out some of those recipes, but you can find Katie at kblives.com. It's K-A-Y-B-E-E lives.com. And you can sign up to get her email. Um, One email a week. It's actually called self-care Sunday. Um, It comes out every Sunday and it is just a simple email that usually has a quick self-care tip some sort of good news or something fun. I love to shop, but I don't let myself buy things. So I share things I found with you guys. And it, that's a it good falls... way to control your impulse yeah. shopping. <laughs> yes. Features a post of the week from the blog and you can um, go directly and see, cause I publish posts Monday, Wednesday, Friday for money, Monday, wellness, Wednesday, and foodie Friday. Okay. So you, you only get the email once a week, but you, you, Put it on your blog three I times a week. Yep, three times a week. Okay. So, so check her out. Enter your email address so you get that email. Check out that blog. Tons of great information in there because you cover such a variety of areas mm-hmm. that there's always something. And I definitely want to check out the foodie section. I was <laughs> yeah. focused on the finance, obviously, but I'm going to go back and <laughs> yeah. check out the foodie. Um, so thank you again, Katie. I appreciate you today. Absolutely. I had so much fun chatting with you.
You do shine. I appreciate that. And that comes from the giant nerd that I am about personal finance and all things financial. So you me too, girl. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. So check out Katie's website, check out her blog. I'm going to link her website in the episode description so that you can easily find her and then also link the HSA blog post. And if you have more questions, send us an email at askmymompod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook at Ask My Mom Pod. You can email any questions to askmymompod at gmail.com. And of course, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this. Thank you.